Graphic Nature acknowledges the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record the show and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and future and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Fighting for what's right, for justice, that's what a hero does. It is my opinion, without any reasonable doubt and without any reservation, that comic books are an important contributing factor in many cases of juvenile delinquency. Comic books are pure evil. Satan himself condemns our children to the fiery depths of hell. How a particular tale can come to life in the mind of a reader is endlessly fascinating to me. We have found that all comic books have a very bad effect on teaching the youngest children the proper reading techniques. This balloon print pattern prevents that. I am not a villain. I am a victim. A victim of a society that tortured me. Vengeance will be mine. Will be mine. Will be mine. Welcome to Graphic Nature, a fortnightly podcast exploring the inspiring world of comic books, the culture that supports it, the creators, publishers, and people behind the printed pages and digital screens pushing the medium on into the future in Australia and the world. I'm Zoran Ilyevsky. On this episode, we talk to Paul Bedford, creator and writer of the graphic novel The List. The interview you're about to hear originally took place in early 2017, recorded for what was meant to be an episode of an earlier version of this very show. Unpublished until now and in its entirety, here's my chat with Paul. Here in the studio, we have Paul Bedford. How you going, mate? Thank you very much for coming on the show. No, no, thank you for having me on. Zoran, this is, um, this is lovely. You know? I'm out of the house, which is amazing because I'm meant to be doing bath and bed for my three-year-old son. <laughs> so I'm sorry to my wife, who has to do it twice in a row. What compelled you to write the list in the first place? That's, I think that answer is going to take up the rest of the show, so you don't have to ask any more questions. Um, it, it was... I, I'd never, as we were sort of briefly touched on before we started the interview, you said a lot of people don't or haven't read comics in the past before writing them, and I'm, I'm one of them. I just uh, I came up with a story that um, more had to come out uh, of me as opposed to... Um, me just deciding to be a writer. I, I never thought, I you know, wasn't great at writing in, in uh, or never never thought I was good at writing in, in high school or anything. But at, at about, oh God, a while ago now, probably about 10, 15 years ago, I came up with an idea uh, that wasn't planned, wasn't outlined. I just sort of spewed it onto the page and it was very much a um, exercising, as in exorcist, of uh, you know a lot of internal gear that I wasn't um, I didn't know how to express. Uh, so it, the list is it, it's sort of it, it's been labelled as a psych horror and I sell it as a psych horror. But when I was writing it, I didn't I didn't think of it as that. It just it just came out of me, and be, because it was such because. It, Am I allowed to swear? Say sure. Swear words? Oh, good. Because it came such a, from a fucked up place inside me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it was, it naturally became a horror. It wasn't yep. intended to be a horror. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of writers intend to, to write a horror story or not, but just a lot of, you know, Jungian stuff and um, Oedipus sort of gear and uh, not that I was analysing anything 
as I as I scripted it, and originally it was scripted as a screenplay. But it was one of those things where I don't know where it came from. I just sat down one night and wrote the entire thing over one one sitting. I'd had a few beers, um, <laughs> and uh, over the next six months or so, I'm talking around the early two thousands. Six months or six months or so, I I sort of you know looked at it and tempered it to a script and tempered it, in a story, tempered it into a story and then um, didn't know what the hell to do because I'd never written really anything before in that format so I didn't know how to find an artist, where to even look. Did you always have the opinion that it was going to be a comic book or were you writing it for another medium? Uh, I just had to get the story out. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Uh, I'd, I'd never written a comic before. Mm-hmm. I'd never written a screenplay before. And if you'd seen the screenplay, you'd, you'd agree with me. But I, when I, I think a little bit of interest from, from from smaller independent studios with regards to the screenplay, but didn't get off the ground. I thought, you know, this would probably make a, a half decent comic. Mm-hmm. It's sort of niche and, and fucked up enough, and along the lines of say, uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, Preacher, Stir of Echoes, movie, The Crow, uh, you know, Fight Club. Uh, that I thought, you know, maybe this would find a, a readership as a graphic novel, and, and it transferred well into that format. Once I was lucky enough to find uh, a good artist in in Henry Pop, um, who did the penciling, and then uh, Tom Bonin came aboard with uh, the inking a little later on. So. Very, very lucky man because I know there's a lot of guys out there with scripts still sitting in their drawers who can't find artists because it's, it's pretty rough. It's quite a few out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so very lucky. How, how much does that first draft actually differ from what's in the book? Incredibly. Uh, I was in my fight club stage. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of anti-establishment. Uh, and, and then I realised that, you know, that's not really what I want to say. And once I came up with the concept, there's, there's an angel in the story uh, whether he's real or imagined, I'll leave up to the reader if they want to have a look at it. Once the angel came into the story, uh, which I wrote into like the third or fourth draft, his influence then went right back through the story in later drafts. And then the focus was on him and the focus was on him being like a, um, like a, like a beacon that you don't see too much, but he's guiding the protagonist throughout the story. So it, it started as me wanting to say a lot of stuff about society, which I didn't really know about, uh, and turning it into something which was incredibly personal and really dredged up a lot of my, a lot of the stuff I've been through in my personal life uh, to the point where uh, writing the script actually made me nauseous. Yeah, wow. It actually made me sick. Now when you look back on it, particularly you know having to reread through some of those drafts, and obviously, there would be some sort of element of that feeling when you're going through and reading it because you're revisiting yep, uh, what I would argue are inner demons, yep. uh, which you know ties in with the angels. And, you know, yep. does that uh, does it have the same effect on you now, or is it, it has it been almost like a cathartic experience? It was incredibly cathartic uh, when I wrote it, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I think especially when Henry started to bring it to life and that was that was incredibly confronting. Just seeing just see this this the, the simple well not simple, but this the transfer or, or the real you know, the realization of word to image 
was incredibly powerful. <laughs> um, and uh, so to, to have it come to life like that was, was like a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of, you know, it's, it's obviously a fictional story, but there are elements in there which are, are true and, and sort of happened, but were embellished. And now, uh, even even this late, there are there are certain times where I can read it and and that and unintentionally tap into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, although it's you know it, it's it's got a reasonable following for the crazy little book that it is, um, the people that have, have really been affected by it probably as fucked as I am when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've had people writing to me and saying, "Look, I, I, I read it and haven't slept really well for a few months." And then there's other people who just wash it straight off. And that, that's horror. It's subjective. Are you are, are you happy with the book's success? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't ex- I didn't expect to. Like, being the first um, work in this medium, firstly, I didn't expect to. I, I, I actually, it's a good story. I. I wrote it and I sort of put it away and I moved into a new house and three years later I found a hard copy and I thought I should do something with this script. Um, and that was a, that was the sort of view I had at the time. I like, wrote it, that great, great to get it out, you know, um, years of shit and, you know, I hate the word darkness but a lot of darkness and, you know, mm-hmm. in demons and all that was put into that and it just, like we were saying before, cathartic, got it out of the way. Um, put it in a drawer and I, as I was un- unpacking at a at, um, new house I was moving into with, with a mate I found it and I thought I should do something with this and then to actually find an artist uh, of Henry's Hen- Henry's and Tom's um, talent and have them agree to come aboard and watch it come to life and then um, have it get the critical reviews and, and the reader responses I'm, I'm, you know I, I realise it's not the watchman um, yep. But it's still for what it is, and for what I for what I expected of it, and for what it's what it's achieved, I'm I'm pretty wrapped. You know, it's um it's it's pretty surreal and 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 um pretty humbling. Like you know, some of the the good thing is that the most heartening thing is 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 when I get feedback from people. I, you know, I, I don't know because it's you know on Amazon, and I've got a publisher in Project Nerd Publishing who have now picked it up in America, getting getting feedback from readers who have been who, who don't see the violence in it or just, just pick up on on the tone and 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 the essence and the feel and the sort of they really tap into it it seems like they've tapped uh, through the work they've tapped into what I tapped in when I was writing it and you know you, you get four or five letters over a few years it's fucking amazing yeah it's amazing you know um yeah, so that's it's incredibly heartening. So it, it has done, it has done better than I ever expected. So it's gone the list, and then you've released the list two last year. That's right. Yep. And what was the time period between the two? A long time. <laughs> uh, I, we released uh, the, the list as a TPB in two thousand twelve, um, and I wasn't. I was never sure I was going to write a sequel. It wasn't something I was going to do, but unless I got a really good, like you know, inkling for a story, and it came to me while I was watching Play School with my son for some reason, interpret that how you may see fit. Uh, and I just, uh, 
I just started to sit down and write. I thought, actually, this, this isn't too bad. Um, and then, you know, I had to contact Paul Henry and Tom and say, look, I've probably got another 150-page, 200-page script here. And it, it it's sort of, it's flourished. I've, I've released the first instalment of probably what will be three. And it, it's, it has very different themes to the list. The list is very much um, consequences of blind faith and just... A real, real sort of head trip, uh, whereas the list two will tackle subjects like just the immediacy and, and the, the quick passing of like major events. Like you see a major event happen, it's, it's more sort of a reflection on um, today's society where something huge will happen and eight seconds later it'll be forgotten and something else will happen. So that's, you know, and I actually had to do some research for this one, not just tap into all this shit so this is the list two <laughs> seeds for reading seeds for reading yeah so uh it's i'm i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying writing it you did say you got some really fantastic criticism and, and feedback yep. uh well i'm making a pretty broad assumption that you would have received some negative feedback or even some constructive criticism yeah absolutely yeah um, especially um having written my first one I've, I've got a few lukewarm reviews one review just said hated it um the art is mediocre. The prose is moronic. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And that was, you know, one star. And then, you know, you'll get one next next week that, that says, you know, it changed my life. I'm, it made my view, view my life differently. I'm like, fuck, well, okay, you, you can please some of the people some of the time. But Do the negative, uh, the negative criticisms, how do they affect your work? Uh, how do they affect you going into the list two now? Let's see. Uh, Firstly, they hurt. If anyone says they don't hurt, it, it's 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 untrue. I mean, I just reeled off what exactly exactly what the review said. <laughs> so, you know, you've only got to read it once and it sears into your mind. Um, but, um, what is it? What's that? What's that line? When I did good, I heard it never. When I did ill, I heard it ever. Yep. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, so, uh, it's going into the list too. I, it's I don't know. I, I just I, I can only write to the ability that I can write. I'm, I you know I've got this sort of um, maxim that there's a lot better writers out there but if you actually put the work in actually do the work you, you might actually find an audience you know I, I don't expect it to be the next Star Wars or anything by any means but um you know it, it, it does have a, a reasonable following for the crazy little book that it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I can attest to its craziness <laughs> uh, when, when I first read it, I had to reread it because I don't think I don't think I understood it, to be honest. Yeah, I've heard that a bit. Yep. Upon the second reading, it made a lot more sense. I got a few things. Uh, personally, the the religious aspect of it w was uh, a bit a bit much for me. Okay. But that's because me and religion have been talking for a very long time. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, but I understand where. You know, considering what I've read through other interviews of yours, as well as uh, reading what you've written in the book and other passages online that I've read about it, it makes a lot more sense after a while. And knowing all that kind of stuff for me opened up what the story was about. Right. I, I think it's a great book. I really do. Uh, if you'd asked me upon the first reading, it would have been a different, uh, you know, a different no, review. No, but that's how I felt when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this makes no fucking sense, but it felt good to get out. <laughs> and going back to that, obviously many writers, you know, start out that way, trying to exercise something. Yes. 
you know, they've got something in them that they really need to get out. And whether it be a musician, whether it be a poet, whether it be a writer of comic books or even uh, someone writing uh, a script for a movie. Yep. Uh, Most books are pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you say darkness and, and you, did, you said that you wrote it all in one night. How coherent, actually, should be my question. How coherent was that first, first, first draft? Well, when I got up in the morning with a hangover, I thought, what the fuck have I done? But um, it, it was, it certainly had an inkling for a story that I, I felt had something to say. But it's, uh, you know, I never intended to make it, I, I never intended to make it inaccessible or surreal or arty farty or anything like that. I just wrote the story that was in me mm-hmm. and it came out the way it did. Uh, it doesn't necessarily follow the three-act structure. I don't even know, I didn't intend it to be any kind of structure. I wrote it as, I come out, I, I, as it came out of me. I, I have had some criticisms from, um, I won't call them purists, because I'm actually also uh, a, a fan of, you know, the archetypal structure, yep. one, two, three acts. But, you know, I'm just writing a book. I'm not breaking any, any laws or anything. So no. if I just wanted to come out the way it comes out, fine. And... I have had a lot of people sort of uh, write to me saying, or, you know, I appreciate the fact that it challenged me. Um, I had to, you know, I was lost for 175 out of 200 pages. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> 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 um, I'm glad you got through it. In, in saying um, that, though, the list two makes a lot more sense structurally. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it is actually, it, it's, it's very much a more standard structured story. Yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to re- repeat the list. Mm-hmm. It would be easy to, especially um, as you know at the end. Don't spoil it. No, I won't spoil it. No way. <laughs> um, it carries on. List two carries on directly the second after the list. But I've got different things to say. It's a different it's a different structured story. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a much wider scope, and. I actually had to do some research for it, which involved writing, uh, reading the, the uh, King James version of the Bible, and so to get dark, I didn't have to do too much with it. Jesus, <laughs> so, fuck! I'm going to tone this down. <laughs> I'm pulling out passages because you know, as you were saying before, with regards to the um, religious aspect of the list, you know, it's it's not meant to be derogatory or insulting towards religion at all. And and no, and and, and, and no, I, I know you don't mean that. I know yeah. you don't mean that, uh, but. Religion is, is is viewed generally by most people as a positive force. Mm-hmm. So so when you when you take something like that and give a dark twist in it, it it has a natural appeal. And so, uh, with the list too, I, I wanted to it, it really hones in on the angel and the brother. I actually wanted to know what I was talking about, <laughs> well, as opposed to just yeah, being a mind trick. Yeah, you know. when I've read it. That really, for me, I always kind of looked at it from the angel wasn't necessarily real. And for me, it was more of an uh, uh, inner hope or an inner, inner well, or even an inner demon. Like right. It's, it's yep. non-corporeal and it's someone dealing with their demons and yep. being put through their paces yep. by this non-corporeal yeah. entity. It's like something... For me, that when I, when I and and having sorry to cut you off no, and not. having to deal with the consequences of your actions. That's right. Yeah, and being able to put some put them somewhere that you can blame. Like for me, that when I can 
Okay, it's very difficult to read your own work and not just start to edit it or, or think, oh, I did this wrong, I should have done that. Or, it's too late, it's already been printed. That's now, right, mate. yeah. <laughs> um, it, when I can tap into it, which is usually after Magical Cigarette. Um, like That's going to be edited. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I can... Uh, it, it, it comes across to me as like a psychotic episode, mm-hmm. like the whole thing. Uh, it, I, I can I can even though I wrote it I can appreciate how fucked up it is even though I'm a dad who works in a warehouse and I've got one baby and another one in the way and you know um, you know it's pretty sort of typical bloke I, I when I when I read the book I'm like this is this is really messed up mm. you know but it had to come out like I you know with I, I didn't have you know I, I might be joking all that in the interview but it, didn't have a great uh, childhood. Mm-hmm. Didn't um, show his fuck for a lot of time. Didn't, you know, uh, it still gets me. But, uh, you know, it, typical things. It was in, in sustained bullying. Not easy at home. Uh, Mum had me when she was 16. Dad nicked off when I was 20. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, that. that's cool. They're, they're good people. But, and they were super young and had no money and I, I, there's no blame, but that's what happened. Yep. Um, so it made things pretty tough. Um, mum was a single mum who worked two jobs, incredibly hardworking woman, mm-hmm. raising two kids, uh, me who was incredibly shy and insecure, my brother who's incredibly confident and an outgoing dude. Uh, and as, you know, as we spoke about before, was in Klinger. Um, so he was always an inspiration for me and I think very much a source of strength he inspired me, even though being seven years younger, being the younger brother, it's usually the other way around. And I, I, I literally think he bought me out of me yep. through his confidence, through his music, through his latching onto a passion. Um, and it was, it was through that that I could start to really not only become a little more of a confident person, but also have recognised that maybe I am good at something and uh, getting the response that I have to the list is is sometimes a little hard for me. Like I, like I said before, it's, you know, it's not millions, it's only a million copies, but to get the responses, the very personal responses that I get and, and, and um, the nice reviews is something that it's very humbling and gratifying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it, it's sort of... Uh, makes me realise that there's a lot of people out there who went through what I went through yep. and yet maybe don't have the chance to to, to express it. Yeah, so <coughs> hard the stuff to talk about. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, I, I, I sort of implore people um, who have been through any type of crap, and I won't go too much into it, but to not let it, not let it overwhelm them, and uh, just just try and put it somewhere, try and put it somewhere positive. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of negative ways that can come out. And Absolutely. I, I, I went those ways. I, yeah. You know, drinking, um, you know, fighting. Um, never really won the start one, but I didn't didn't take much provocation. Uh, but those things go nowhere. They don't help. But if you can find it doesn't matter if it's it's fucking knitting it doesn't matter what it is but if you can find someone to put that it it, it is malleable and it, it can be turned around if you if you can find something 
that is an outlet for it that's positive, it, it, will, it will make it, um, it, will free, it will free up, it will break it up in, 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 in some way. I'm much much, much like you, know, you have with, with the list. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, it's nice to see and, you know, it's, um, it's, it's nice uh, that I can um, sort of relate to a, a lot of people um, when, they, uh, when they read it. It's, it's great that you, you can through such a messed up story um, you can reach other people and, yeah. and they will open up it, it's mm-hmm. you know they've never met you in their life but they'll come along to the conventions and they sort of spill their guts and you sit there and, and it's like this is the most incredible thing it's, it's better than good reviews it's better than sales it's better than anything like that but just have that person stand there who took the effort to not only read the book but came along and stopped at your stall and said this and you're like thank you so much that is, that is absolutely everything and most creators agree. That is amazing. Yeah, it, it's 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 what keeps you going. What what what, what drives you on creatively also to to want to you know bring out your next works. Yeah. You okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You good to continue? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking with Paul Bedford here on Graphic Nature, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we are all over social media. Well, not all over it, but we've got a few. We've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please jump on Facebook and like us if you're enjoying the show, as well as following us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all the details on the website, graphicnature.media. This has been a Graphic Nature public service announcement. Considering that you've you've now written the list and list two, have you thought about drawing or getting into that side of, of comics? Uh... I have tried privately and then just, you know, um, laugh myself into a corner at my <laughs> own work. I, I'm, I am terrible, Zoran. I really am. All I, all the only two things I can draw are a T-Rex for my son or a kangaroo that looks like a T-Rex. That's the only things <laughs> like, you know, I, I see, I often, I often sit there in conventions with Henry. He'll be, he'll be sitting there, mm-hmm. like he'll either draw a commission or he'll be drawing panels from the list. I'm like, man, that's just, it's so cool to watch. I wish I could do that. Um, no, I think I'll stick with the writing, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hard enough on its own. And and so you you mentioned earlier about uh, the the research that you did. So a, a, a different approach to yep. the list two yep. that you had from the list one. Yeah. What about the processes of writing? Was it all you know sit down write? Was it sit down smash it all out? Did you get pieces over a period of time? Yep. How did it how did it evolve? I'm I'm sort of lucky that each story I've come up with, and I've just written, I've just finished an outline for a fantasy story, a graphic novel, because every writer has to write a fantasy story. Um, Nowadays, especially. Yeah, yeah, with Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and all that mm-hmm. sort of gear. I, I've, for some reason, I always come up with the ending first, and and I'm, I'm I can sort of write it backwards, mm-hmm. and then you know long form it from the start. So it's always, it's always. Um, nice to know your ending because I, I know I've read a lot of stories or a lot of comics come out and you get through the first two thirds like this is awesome what are you going to do at the end because you've got to come up with a killer ending and then it just falls away but writing the list two is a lot more enjoyable mm-hmm. um, I think I'm a better in a better place I, I know I'm in a better place in my life you know I've got a wife I've got a three year old son who's just the best they're just the best I've, I've got you know, the best dog in the world. But everyone's got the best dog in the world. Um, <laughs> I've got, a, you know, I've just found out I've got a, got a um, 
and other bubs coming along and I'm building a house. So Congratulations. Yeah, it's taken a long time to get there. I never thought I would. I was speaking to my brother yesterday and I said, I, you know, in my 20s, mate, I just, I didn't know anything about life. I just didn't do anything. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything. But it, so it is, even though I'm ticking all the sort of mainstream boxes, it's, it's a bloody nice place to be in and, and I, I am spoiled rotten. I consider myself pretty lucky to be able to, you know, to, to be where I am. So, I mean, the list isn't going to be anything lighter or anything happier, believe me, because I think your creative side has to has to tap into the things that are pissing you off or the things that you don't like about yourself. Um, otherwise, they're not going to resonate. You know, you, you, can, you can put your light side on when you're walking around, mm-hmm. and, but people respond, like you were saying before, with creatives, poets... Uh, sorry, creators of any kind, poets, songwriters, writers, artists, actors, anything. Most stories you read, or, or when you break it down, most songs that you hear, they're, they're usually on, like on the brink. They're pretty sort of desperate, you know, dark works. They're like their expression of a bad place that someone's in. I mean, you look at Game of Thrones, it's, it's not pleasant. <laughs> well, it's, it's lovely. God, it's so lovely. I love it. <laughs> over and over what's the experience of sitting down and and writing for you so aside from what you get out of it yep uh in terms of catharsism but the actual act okay of writing yep now i've got a, a son it usually happens really early in the morning like 4 30s because i you know um 4 30s 5 o'clock in the morning um it, it is it is like nothing else in my life. It's like nothing, and, and I think only other people who do it or are, are so deeply into it can understand that it's like no other experience that you have, on, like, you know, going out with your mates or or going on a holiday or, or working or hanging out with your family or hanging out with your friends. It, it's, it's so surreal and... Uh, it's incredibly intimate and incredibly personal and incredibly rewarding and incredibly terrifying and challenging mm-hmm. because you're always, you know, every artist I know is always pushing themselves to get better and better, always hating the things they created yesterday yeah. and then hopefully liking them again. But, you know, just sitting down, putting on some Pink Floyd, having a coffee and just easing into it. I'd, I'd, I've learned the last few years not to make a big deal of sitting down and writing because mm-hmm. I think that's, it's like, it's like, Doing things that are good for you, but you don't want to do them, like going for a run, going to the gym, anything like that, it seems like an effort and it becomes such a chore in your mind that the getting to it is harder than the actual act. So people say, how do you, you know, how do you produce work? It's like, well, you just sit down and you just start. And you just do it. You just do it. And you, you don't make a big deal. Don't mm-hmm. make a big deal about sitting down and don't make a big deal about what it should be just you know like tom taylor says he, he said you know you want to write you just write yeah just write you know yeah so it's it's it, but it's amazing it's amazing obviously considering you started out not reading now i'm assuming you do read and read quite a bit yep of comics uh yep. what type of stories do you actually prefer yeah reading i think because i came into the because i'm australian and came into the aussie comic scene and i'm, I'm not a big fan of the superhero stuff mm-hmm. um i think the only one i've really read of, of the marvel dc 
sort of stuff was I enjoyed The Punisher. I, re- I enjoyed a few Batman stories, and I've read uh, again Tom Taylor's um, Injustice, which I really liked because it's quite a subversive take on yep. um, superheroes. Uh, but I, I do really like the I don't even know the name of it because I know all the fancy words. But uh, you know stuff like from Bobby N, the life reflection yep. stuff, stuff that has a really strong message, works from say uh, Jason Franks and sort of more not necessarily realistic contemporary day to day realistic setting, mm-hmm. but uh, stuff with really strong themes. Yep. And it doesn't. It can be fantasy. It can be. Um, it can be. You know, walking down the street. I don't mind. But yeah, because I came in through the Aussie scene. It, that's mainly what I've, I've read, like Bruce Mutard's The Sacrifice. Yep. You know, I, I could reel up a million uh, works by, like even Craig Bruns um, from Above. Mm-hmm. You know, it's even though that's sort of superhero thing, it has a very Aussie taste about it. Yeah. It's um. It, it it's it's not all um. It's not all stylized violence or anything. There's, there's strong messages behind it. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I blank out when I try and think of works. In terms of promoting the book, and you're doing the conventions yeah. and things like that, how do you find the process? You did mention a little earlier that, you know, you enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but was it ever, at some point, really hard to do it? The conventions? Mm. Like, uh, I don't think so. It's, 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 it's one of those things that I've always really i didn't know conventions existed before i wrote this book yep. i didn't especially like supernova and, and the bigger ones i was comic-con and the like i, I think because because I, i've wanted to do this for so long and because i work a full-time job as a warehouse manager yep. um you know their obligations when i can talk about my passion when i talk about something that, that's so personal to me and, and something i'm proud of mm-hmm. i, I I, I eat them up. I eat them up. I love conventions. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to be given guest status by Supernova, which I never thought would happen. You know, like you were saying before, did you ever, you know, where did you envision this work coming on? Like, this work ever going? Like, I didn't expect to be a guest at a convention. So just meeting the people who've read it, people who bring it in to be signed, people who pick it up and come back at it was heartening to see so many people. I did, I did Supernova Sydney last year. So many people come on and grabbing number two. And I say, look, you know, just stop for a second. You're buying number two. Just tell me what you thought of number one. What, 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 why did you like it? What tapped into you? What, what you know, what was your favourite scene? Yeah, so it, it's all very surreal and incredible and a lot of fun. And I, I understand why, why they're overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I understand, I mean, they're, they're exhausting. But I usually walk around and after two or three hours, I'm exhausted. So yeah. I can't imagine what it'd be like to sit yeah. in a chair yeah. for eight hours. Yeah. I mean, the, the turn, the term um, con come down is, is not like, I usually take the Monday off work mm-hmm. because you're just, you're just absolutely white. But it, it's only because I, I think you're so full of adrenaline and passion for what you're doing. I think Henry gets sick of me just blabbing on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that they are an absolute thrill. Mm-hmm. And absolutely thrilled to do, and I'm, I'm, you know, very grateful that I've been, you know, invited to the ones that I have. How did did you approach Henry? Um, I, uh, I, th- I think I mentioned at the start that I, I didn't know where to take the script. I'd never really read comics, didn't know if there was an Australian publisher or anything. So I literally caught a train into Minotaur, picked up a few Aussie comics, wrote down addresses, 
sent out a letter to um, a bloke called Avi Burnshaw who was doing um, a, a, like a Japanese anthology, man- manga anthology. Mm-hmm. He thought that Henry, um, who I didn't know at the time, might like it. Henry did like it, which was obviously, otherwise it wouldn't have been brought out. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it was uh, it was a different work for him. It, it's it's 200 pages. It's it's 900 drawings. It's taken us five years. And he mm-hmm. was a full-time student. He was working. You know, Tom's a garlic farmer with two kids. So we're, we're quite the eclectic um, group. group of creators. Uh, but when, you know, just, I've, and I've still got them, just getting the very first facts through, facts Christ, Jeez. shows how long, I know. Uh, first facts through of the first pictures of the first panels <laughs> is, is, is mind-blowing. Just seeing your first words come to life and, and just going, Henry, you absolutely nailed it. Just the, you know, it's not, not overly realistic. He, he, he's mainly a manga draw, um, artist. But just his, his, his nailing of, you know, the shadows as a character themselves, the... Um, the looks of the characters, I'm like, this is unbelievable. And, you know, he will admit that I've nagged him a lot, but I'm think, um, I think he's happy that I did. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, right. we've got this thing with, with um, it's called Nag Monday, and if he hasn't sent through a page on Sunday nights, I'm allowed to nag him on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's good. He's, he's a champion. And and the colours, so Tom Bonin uh, doing the colouring. Inking, yeah. yeah well, the, sorry, sorry it's black inking. and white. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's um, <laughs> how long have I been reading comics for? <laughs> Jesus, uh, yeah, and and so how did you find him? Was that a was that uh, through Henry? Did Henry yeah. know him previously? No, I, that was a kidnapping. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, he's still chained to the washing machine, but I let him go when the list is t- list two is done. Crap jokes aside, uh, he was actually he was at a, a small convention where Henry and I had the first list twenty page sampler, and he, I just. I didn't know anything about inking, I didn't know anything about comics. And, yep. and I just saw his work and Henry said, this, this bloke's pretty good. And I asked him to come aboard and he, you know, once again, just incredibly lucky for him to say yes. And him and Henry have stuck with me, you know, from 2006 when we first started to really work on it to 2011 when it was finished. Yeah, they've stuck with me. And look, you know, it doesn't, by no means does it make a fortune. We've pumped a lot of money into it, but it's been a, a pretty a, a pretty fun ride, you know. And now we've 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 got an American publisher who's approaching Diamond with it. Oh, congratulations! Cheers. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, be nice to get it out in a few few hundred or thousand stores or whatever. So if you're listening out there, <laughs> a few stores, hundred please, thousand. Yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> that'd be good. And a little while ago, we had the we 2011. We had the the film rights optioned. That lapsed, but I texted the producer today and I said, look, what am I allowed to say about it? He's like, you can say it, it's sort of on again in a different format, but you can't say much more than that. So it's about it, but it, it is looking sort of promising again. So, oh, uh, good. Yeah, which is, um, but they're more looking uh, at TV and I think that's about all I'm allowed to say. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's, you know, it's, it's a film industry it's, or TV industry. It's, it's, it's incredibly fickle. And if it gets signed, awesome. If not, it's a great compliment to the work and a nice little marketing angle. Yeah. Great. So it seems like you're pretty happy with where, where it's going. And you did mention that there are a couple more books for the list too coming yep. out. Yeah. And then you'll do the complete collection. Yeah. I, I, what I, 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 now having a publisher, I think I will, I will bring it out just as a TPB. I've, I'm, I'm writing the entire script. 
um, I'm most of the way through what would have been book three, but now is just the continuation of it. Mm -hmm. It's looking to be about the same length. Um, and I think, well, the reason I was bringing out installments previously was because it's uh, expensive to self-publish yep. and it's difficult to distribute. But it, now having a publisher, it's like just send the files over to them and, you know, Bob's your uncle. And they do it all. They do it all, which is and lovely. And how different now that you're now that you've got an American publisher, yep. and and you know the difference between working uh, in the Australian field, let's say for instance, it's a lot smaller, hell yep. of a lot smaller. Yep. It's a lot harder to get opportunities like this. Yes. And it has taken a very long time yes, for you it to has. get them. Yeah. Uh, how different is it? You know in the Australian scene compared to what you, where you've gotten to now using uh, having international publishers? Well, they're, they're very new, but I, 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 I think they've got an incredible catalogue. But just the, the fact that they can immediately sort of go, okay, look, we're going to send it the diamond is like, well, that's something that's not really possible as a self-publisher. Mm -hmm. even, even if he works at Kick-Ass, just... You know, to try and get it through those channels and trying to get those orders, I think you've got to. It's either a minimum of two thousand copies or a minimum of two thousand dollars in orders. I'm not exactly sure. Might yeah. even might not even be that. You know, just the, the fact they can do that. You know, they've sent out this thing going. Oh, look, you know, we're approaching Diamond with it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference. So hopefully, it, you know, if um, all things go well with uh, America at the moment, which is all terrifying. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get over a couple of the cons over there because they're going to hit the con scene pretty hard this year. They, I think they're going to do San Diego, New York and, and all the um, all the state ones mm -hmm. uh, with the book and other, other books in their catalogue. Oh, that's great. So, so Project Nerd Publishing, just give it a plug. Or, um, you know, And they're really cool guys. They're very passionate, very down-to-earth, very enthusiastic about the work. So I'd rather have a smaller publisher who really gets behind the work and really wants to push it as opposed to, you know, just another title in the four or five hundred yeah so yeah that said you know the new work i'm working on you know will um if a big publisher wants to look at it great <laughs> <laughs> when are you looking at the the third book being uh ready uh i i, I think with with i know henry and tom work a, a lot faster than they used to just because i'm just so much better at nagging since i had a child hopefully by Late to mid next year, it should be done. It should be complete. It's uh, and I'm 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 really happy with it. Actually, it's uh, it's it's it actually feels like I'm a writer now. When I finish that one, I'm like, that's actually not too bad. I've got some good sentences in there. <laughs> with with this new publishing place, yep. uh, how does the editing work? Are you self editing? Is there an editor on on board, or do they are they saying we've got editing veto? Emmett Akuna. Oh yes, yeah, he's yeah. my editor. Oh great, you know, he, he, yeah. So I've got my own editor. Um, he's very good. So uh, I, I certainly can't edit myself, but I, I do a lot of the, um, you know, preliminary layouts, early lettering, mm -hmm. and then you know if they want to change anything, we can change anything. But, oh okay. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, just having having a local Aussie, ed well Irish, <laughs> Australian editor uh, is really good, and he's a nice bloke. But he can be a hard ass too, which is which is. Good. As long as it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you want a, you want a bit of a hard ass. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you want people to like the book. It's, it's no good trying to impress an editor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What about uh, digital, digital publishing for the book? And what are your thoughts on digital uh, look, comics? Um, uh, I'm, 
I probably am a bit of a purist. I, I do like the feel of a book, but I understand access to. There's probably a lot of people out there who who can't afford the the print versions. I know they're they're a little more expensive. I have seen my book on Torrent, so you know if you want to get it that way, you bastards go and get it. But overall, I I, th- I think very much it is a, a print medium. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 doesn't look too bad on an iPad, and I've bought quite a few books that are digital from Comixology and, and the like. But I, I think it's it's it really is a print medium. It really is. I mean, the the, the art is is what makes it. You know, holding it it, it pops off the page a lot yeah. nicer. It's it's a lot more, you know, tangible experience as as a print book yeah so i've, I've really dropped off digital i mean it, it is available digital but you know it's um not, i don't think it's the strongest format by any means no i have to agree with you i think i still have a, a big issue with with digital comics particularly yeah. uh, and it's not the work it's got nothing to do with the work but yeah. it's the delivery system for me and yeah. it's just yeah it's uh incongruous to a pleasurable reading experience yeah yeah i understand why it exists i think it has to but I, I, I think I, it's going to get bigger. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's going to get bigger, get bigger and bigger and bigger. But I, I, I dare say that the printed material will will still be quite popular. Yeah, and for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, vinyl outsold digital downloads for the first time last year. And vinyl, not CDs, vinyl. So people do like the um, the more earthy sort of um, you know, more tactile. Tangi- and yeah, more tangible. Tactile. Yeah, yeah, experience. Absolutely. Mm. All right, Paul. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you, Congratulations Zara. on uh, your success. Thanks, man. It was really cool to be on. I very much appreciate it, especially with the Australian scene isn't huge. So, you know, any support you can give, to, uh, you know, myself and the other creators is, is incredibly appreciated, believe me. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on and uh, good luck with the list. That's the end of this episode of Graphic Nature, the podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you use. It'll be uh, greatly appreciated. If you have any thoughts regarding the show, feel free to send an email to feedback at graphicnature.media. You can also catch the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For more information about the show, you can also visit Graphic Nature on the web by typing into your handy web browser or search engine, graphicnature.media. Thanks again for listening, and uh, you'll hear more from us in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot. Bye. Credits! Written, produced, edited, and presented by Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio consultation and additional production. Archie Cuthbertson, Dan Moore. Credits announcer, Simon Winkler. Theme character voices, Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio excerpts of Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency, Wortham versus Gaines on Decency Standards, used courtesy of New York City Municipal Archives. You've been listening to Graphic Nature, the podcast.